Chapter 5 Caleb Cauliflower Caulfield He'd gotten this unfortunate nickname from the concerning amount of cauliflower ear he'd accumulated during an elementary school wrestling camp. All of the cartilage on either side had been broken and pulverized into horrid clumps that clung to his head like cankerous warded tree knots, beet red and permanently swollen. Even years later, as a teenager, the ears would not heal. The other students from the same camp seemed fine. So you wondered just how much of a beating he had taken to scar that badly. You wondered just how many young hands had pressed those ears into the hard rubber floors of the gymnasium. How many boys had taken him down in the locker room and beat at those ears with tiny fists. You wondered how much it hurt, how much it still hurt, or if it hurt at all. How could he hear out of them? These questions had stopped only a few years after the incident, as all the kids at Bethel Elementary School shifted to the new building across the football field on the outskirts of the small Wisconsin town of Lilac Falls. The new middle school building they called Bethel Junior High School was an addition built onto the side of the already existing Bethel High School. A one-story brutalist-style gray stone building with only four narrow strips of windows at its four corners. The windows were exclusively for the administration offices. A school didn't need daylight, apparently. It would be far too distracting to its captive students. The addition of the junior high carried the same style of cavernous yellow walls and dim, flickering lights. Poor design flaws had left some hallways almost completely dark. Luckily, down most of these unfortunate places were only long rows of navy blue lockers that ended with white bricks stacked to the ceiling. They were mostly dead ends, a fitting reminder to the purpose of these schools. These two buildings were adjoined by a large cafeteria in the center. All grades ate together here at the same time of day, just past noon. On certain days, it seemed like chairs were either missing or more students had decided to show up, forcing the younger students to find places on the floor to eat. Or, if you were Caleb Caulfield, you just simply stood against the back wall and ate with one hand while the other hand held your school lunch tray just below your chin to catch the bits of food falling out of your mouth as you hurriedly shoveled it into you out of starvation, eating like a fat kid, although you are rail thin. The cafeteria remains the same with each passing year. Eventually, you would reach a grade level 
where you could feel comfortable taking a seat at one of the tables. Even if you had no one to sit with or talk to, there would be room for you because the higher grade you were, the earlier you were allowed to get in line. By your junior year, after getting through the kitchen and having the elderly volunteer punch your meal ticket, the place was practically empty, except for the far back tables filled with the seniors. You could take your pick, really. There was always room with the handicapped kids, and no one would blame you for sitting with them out of shyness. But sitting wasn't something Caleb ever did in this cafeteria. Not once. Starting the first day of sixth grade and continuing every lunch period that followed, Caleb rested both his shoulder blades on the white brick wall next to the glass trophy case and ate with one hand. From here, he had the best view of the drill team table. All the drill team girls sat together, grades six through seniors. They would often wear their matching shirts with their nicknames printed on the back. Being a girl looked hard. Keeping up with gossip and chatter, fashion and makeup. Being a popular girl seemed even harder. But it looked like drill team was a way to keep your head above water. At least you had a place to sit at lunch, even if you didn't do any talking with the other girls, even if you just picked at your food and tapped your sandal at your heel nervously, eyeing everyone around you in amazement at the speed and volume they were speaking. It wasn't the table that Caleb watched all those years, day after day. It wasn't the popular girls, the bouncy girls, or the loud girls. No. It was one girl in particular. A quieter one, with the long brown and golden ponytail pulled back with a band across the crown of her head. She never got to sit in the same seat, but seemed content with whoever she was next to, nodding at whatever they were talking about, poking at her food with her fork, and inspecting it as if it might come to life and jump at her. A girl Caleb had shared every elementary school classroom with, but never spoken to. A very, very pretty girl who had taken to wearing lip gloss since joining Drill Team. A girl who was developing breasts at a rapid pace, and now that she was reaching the end of her junior year, was filling out the chest of her black and gold team shirt rather fully. The letters of her nickname, Wheaties, spreading across her shoulders with pulled lines at the creases of her underarms. Laura Wheatley, the most beautiful angel in the whole world.
not once during the long, monotonous 12 years in the same room together, in the same cafeteria together, living on the same gravel road together, had their eyes ever met. Not once had Laura looked back at Caleb from across this giant white room, or while seated next to him in almost every class. Not a single time did she ever seem to notice him. But to Caleb, the Bethel school system was simply a confining trap to keep her in his sight at all times, because all he ever did was watch her. Every day of Laura's childhood was documented in his mind. She was growing up now, turning into a beautiful woman. But to Caleb, she had always carried a sparkle of heavenly glow that surrounded her. At times, he could almost smell it. Times when she wasn't sitting there in front of him, but only floating in his imagination while he held himself in the darkness of his bedroom, his frail chest and arms flexing in exertion. The glow of an angel, an angel given to him by God. Soon the time would come when she would understand this. Soon enough, he would find a way to tell her. There was only one year left of school. He would not lose her to the evils of this world. He would not let her get away.